Hello and welcome to the Living Helpers Podcast. My name is Raymond T. It's so awesome to have you guys on today as usual. Another week, another topic. This is the most exciting of all the topics we've spoken about or talked about in like what? A month plus or two months now because this is the final gift of the Holy Spirit of the nine gifts. This is the final one and I'm so excited because I love this gift because it's the gift of prophecy. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the gift of prophecy. This episode is exciting to me because it, it brings to life the power of Jesus Christ. It brings to life that God is real. It brings to life that he is involved in everything and he is the perfect one. He is, he is God. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just wonderful to see. And please don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe because... You're going to enjoy this episode, I can guarantee it. I mean, come on, you know, it's, it's the word, so you're going to enjoy it. So let's get into the episode. So as earlier stated, we are talking about prophecy and I don't know about you, but have you met someone and they told you something you know that they shouldn't know just like word of knowledge I, I believe all the gifts kind of overlap to an extent but the gift of prophecy is like talking about the future and i don't know if that has happened to you before where someone says something to you about you know something that's gonna happen maybe in months in weeks in years and you're like not a chance and then a few months, a few weeks, a few years later, you look back or you're just self-reflecting and you just realize that, wait, hold up. <laughs> I literally am what this person said or this is happening and someone already said it to me and they said it was the Holy Spirit, was was God or whatever way they, they, they gave you that prophecy. And you're like, hmm, this is interesting. I don't know if you've been in that situation because I've been in that situation. Prophecy is is a very interesting gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, I would like to give us a very definitive definition of what prophecy is. I mean, we all have our ideas of what prophecy is. We all have our dispositions of what prophecy may be or, you know, interpretations of prophecy. But I want to give like the Webster's dictionary meaning of what prophecy is. And Webster calls it a foretelling a prediction a declaration of something to come so it's a foretelling it's a prediction a declaration of something to come i love that part something to come so it is a prediction it's like an exact knowledge of something that's going to happen in the future of something that is to come it's it's the spirit revealing something that is to come you will see paul talk about people that oh it would be wonderful if everybody can speak in tongues but can everybody prophesy like he loved prophecy you could tell apostle paul loved that the church would be able to prophesy he prayed that the church would be able to prophesy because it's a gift that gladdens your heart when you are able to see things that are to come you are either able to avert them or you're able to rejoice about them coming and you're able to even look forward to them so there are a lot of things that prophecy helps us with as god only knows the future of events you know with with absolute certainty no being but God can actually reveal things. No being but God can reveal what is to come. So all this, you know, you say, okay, how about all these people who read, read 
disguise astrology and cards and tarot cards and all those kind of things like what about those people to be honest i believe that it's just like what would i call it what would be the best word for it i don't want to say it's a guesswork but it's like a pattern kind of work it's it's like patterned it's not exact prophecy because it's it's it's, it's a 50 50 percent chance but when god says something is going to happen <laughs> there's this saying in where i come from in yoga that even if it's with your head you will roll into that thing you will roll into that you would find yourself actually doing that thing and and you may even know that you're doing it so when god speaks it comes to pass the bible says that his word will never return to him void so when you hear the word of god it always happens it never comes back to him he says he will prosper in all that he has sent it to do there's this interesting paragraph that webster you know kind of itemized here and i would like you to listen to it to to understand what we're talking about today it says as god only knows future events with certainty no being but god or some person informed by him can utter a real prophecy since the prophecy recorded in scripture when fulfilled afford most convincing evidence of the divine originality of the scriptures as those who uttered these things could not have foreknown these events they predicted would happen like i love this just just take a minute to soak that in first off we need to understand that god is the absolute one who knows all things because the bible calls him the beginning and the end that is the alpha and omega so there's like no no nothing that is hidden from him psalms david was talking about him going even into hell and he says you are there he says going into the depths going into the skies going wherever he went he said god you are there so there is no hiding there is no shadow of turning with him he's he's the same he knows all things he sees all things so god is the only one who knows things for certainty and then those who he reveals such things to are the ones who can then see them original things and you know there is no form of of knowledge there's no form of way these those these people should know this information but they do know them because god reveals it to them and it's just so exciting because i'm about to dig into some interesting things real real soon so before we go into you know some of the things that prophecy the gift of prophecy does for us let's just look at some of the prophecies in the bible that are profound and have been fulfilled and will still be fulfilled and <laughs> i don't even know what to call it but these, these are interesting prophecies so in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 isaiah prophesies that a pure young woman will give birth to god's son and that's jesus christ so we're looking at prophecies about jesus christ and how he fulfilled each and every one of them obviously we can't go through all of them i'm just picking out some of them trying to explain what prophecy really is and how they come to life so giving you an example of an exact prophecy that came about when you know jesus came what he fulfilled so isaiah prophesied um that prophecy was fulfilled in the book of matthew chapter 1 verse 23 so the prophecy in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 was fulfilled in matthew chapter 1 verse 23 where isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled when mary met with the angel and he says hey you will give birth to your son his name will be called comforter his name will be called emmanuel god with us and you know he will be the governor and counselor and all these wonderful things and then the second one is in isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 where isaiah prophesies that jesus christ will come as a baby and jesus is described by several names if you read the book of isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 you would hear the names of jesus christ there and guess what he goes on and on isaiah chapter 6 verse, 4, 6, uh, verse 61 verse 1 
and is fulfilled in Luke chapter 4, verse 17. Isaiah 61, verse 1 is where Isaiah was speaking about the ministry of Jesus Christ in Isaiah 61, verse 1. Go and read that one, you love it. Luke chapter 4, verse 17 to 21 is where it was fulfilled. You know, Micah spoke about it. Micah in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, Micah prophesies that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. You know, and in Matthew chapter 2, verse 4 to 6, we know as it happens that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. In John chapter 7, verse 42, it was fulfilled that Christ will come of the seed of David. I mean, it's just like upon scripture, upon scripture, upon scripture, upon scripture, upon scripture, we can see that Jesus Christ's coming was was prophesied by people who did not even meet him. They were even not just not hundred years apart. I mean, from the book from the book of Malachi to Matthew, we have four hundred years gap in between it. So now I don't even know what it was from Malachi to Isaiah. I, I don't even want to know how many years. But just putting that into context of Malachi, the last book of the prophets, till the time of Jesus Christ, which is in Matthew, 400 years gap. And so there was no way, there is no way, there will never be any way Isaiah or Micah would know about Jesus Christ. Like they lived years, hundreds of years before him. And they prophesied and said, hey, the son will be born. He'll be God's son. He'll die for the sins. He'll be pierced on his sides. He'll put on the crowns of thorns. This will be his name. This will be his ministry. This will be how he will come alive. This will be how he will come about. This is what, how he will, he'll be betrayed. This is the person that will betray him. You know, all these things that happened literally in scripture. Think about, I'm not sure now, don't, don't quote me on this one, about a hundred and something or four hundred and something prophecies about jesus christ in the bible that he fulfilled within the space of 33 years is that not awesome is that not awesome like look at the reality of jesus christ i mean nothing speaks more of the reality of god than the prophecy of jesus christ and its fulfillment think about it so imagine you're saying this is this is not even real Remember, this is someone's history. This is the Jewish history, so to say. This is something that has happened to the Jews, you know, and it has it has its roots in a location, in a people. And this prophecy has stayed till it was fulfilled. And it's still living in our very eyes, before our very eyes. But then, what would you say would be your excuse if Jesus Christ comes back? Like, would you not think it's too late to actually accept him? If now that his, his word has been revealed to us and we still do not heed to it, how then can we turn to him? How then can we say, hey, I wanted to believe, but, you know, something happened, but I, I, didn't, I didn't believe the prophecy. What would be your disposition then when you actually realize? I mean, think about it right now. A hundred prophecies. Don't worry, I'll give you some interesting stats with, him, with regards to these prophecies real soon in a minute now, but just for a second, think about it. A hundred prophecies from people that never knew him, people that never even lived in his time. Like I said, Malachi to Matthew, 400 years. 400. So there was no way Isaiah, Micah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, all these people. But 
even David prophesied about about you know him. The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies thy footstool. Like he was he was prophesying of when he went back. So all these prophecies about Jesus Christ, even before Jesus Christ was born, and then he comes to fulfill them, should not not scare you even. Should that not scare you? I mean, you can't call that a coincidence. If people from different years, different eras, talked about one person, and then that said person comes to fulfill all what they have said, not the same thing. They didn't all say the same thing. They said different things about this same one person. Think about it. Should that not be an awakening to you? An awakening that Jesus actually is real. That Jesus actually is real. That he's coming back. I mean, if he's, the prophecy of him coming the first time comes to pass and he himself then tells you, I am coming back. I don't think you should doubt that. It will be best and safe for you to actually accept him now. Because when he comes back, he is coming back with his reward and judgment. So which would you receive from him? Reward or judgment? I really do hope it's reward and not judgment. I really do hope so. So quickly, let's jump into interesting facts about the prophecy. So this one, I didn't necessarily find it out myself, but I found it somewhere. And I just thought to share it with you. Like the week I found this, oof, I was ready to tell it to everybody and anybody that would listen. Honestly, all my friends, I'm sure their ears were just heavy with this information that I gave to them. So there is a research that happened um, and it's, it was done by Dr. Peter Stoner in the 20th century. He's a scientist that specializes in probability. So he looks at the probability of one thing happening. I'm not a maths guy. I'm, I'm a communication guy. I'm a media guy. I don't know nothing about maths. That's why I didn't do anything maths related in uni. So Dr. Peter Stoner in the 20th century, a scientist basically, who studies probability, gathers 600 students from different classes to look into the probability of one man fulfilling 12 of the prophecies of Jesus. Just 12, not the whole hundred and something. Just 12 of the prophecies that were prophesied by Jesus. Like the probability of one person doing all 12 that were spoken. And the result was just mind-blowing. And I'm just going to read you the, uh, the prophecies that they looked into. So the first prophecy is Jesus born in Bethlehem, which was spoken by Micah. Christ to be preceded by a messenger, which was spoken by Isaiah. Christ to be to uh, Christ to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. Je Zechariah said that Christ to be betrayed by a friend. Christ to be silent before his accusers. You know, Christ to be sold for thirty pieces, and then the money to be put in the house of God. Then Christ to be executed on a cross as a thief. And guess what happened? <laughs> guess what happened? You wouldn't believe. So, this is the result. The probability of one man actually fulfilling 12 of these prophecies of Jesus Christ was one to the, to the 17th power. Now, I'm no maths guy, so I didn't even understand that 17th power. I mean, I can't remember anything about maths right now. If you ask me the simplest question, it would take me a bit to understand. But hey, they were nice enough to actually give us a context of what it meant to be one to the 17th power. So it basically is, if you look at the state of Texas, if you, you know, put that one to do something power into context on Texas with regards to the coin example I gave, basically it will cover the whole state of Texas. 
two feet deep. Like, it will cover a whole state of Texas. Two feet, the depth of the two feet. The probability of one man actually fulfilling 12 prophecies will be... <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's amazing. They took it further, but I, I'll never bore you with the details. If you have the time, go and check about, Go and check it online. Go and search it online. You know, Dr. Peter Stone, he's a, he's a scientist, a 20th century scientist. And oof, when I looked at the other probability of the other things, oh my God, you hear things like it's bigger than the whole sun, he's bigger than this, he's bigger than, oh my God, you have to circle it like <laughs> how many times? It's just, wow. Like when I realized, when I first learned this, when I heard of this, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And Jesus Christ fulfilled what every one of those prophecies. Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of those prophecies. So, how do you tell me that you don't believe in Jesus Christ? How do you tell me that he is not real? How do you then convince yourself that he is not real? That he's, he did not come and die for you? That he did not pay the price for you? That he, did not really, that he does not love you? How do you convince yourself that he does not love you? If he would take that pain of fulfilling every one of the prophecies said about him and remember just 12, 12 just 12 of the prophecies what, what am i saying 12 eight of those prophecies are actually eight of those prophecies would cover the whole of texas two feet deep if he would take out the time to fulfill every one of those prophecies what would be your explanation or excuse to say I didn't find I didn't find enough proof to know you were real. I didn't find enough proof to believe that you were there, that you listened to me. I didn't find enough proof to say you love me. I didn't find enough proof to say I I I am a sinner. I have done wrong. I am supposed to live the way you want me to live. There is no you don't have any excuse. We don't have any excuse. I don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. Because it's right before our eyes. I mean, I, I found out other interesting things, but they were not just relating to prophecy. But I just thought to share this one with us because, whew, imagine eight. Just, just imagine that number eight, one to the seventeenth power, Texas, two feet deep. Just that's all you need to, to understand. Just, just suck it in. Just let that one sit for a bit. Let it sit for a bit. So how, how, how do you see that and not believe that Jesus Christ is real? I mean, to me, it's just awesome. It's awesome. So let's just go right through into the gifts of the prophecy and what they do for us. So the first thing is the prophecy provides convincing evidence of the power of the source of the prophecy. So in this context, we're talking about the spirits, isn't it? So the prophecy provides evidence to the power of God. So if God says, hey, this will happen in the next six months. Or someone comes to you and says, I believe by the grace of God that this will happen to you in the next six months. Or this is going to be your story in the next six months. Or this is going to happen in the next six months. Or this, you know, whatever it is that they gave to you or they reported to you as a prophecy. And you're like, mm, okay, whatever. But then six months later, you know, you know the funny thing I realized, yeah? When someone gives you a prophecy and you don't really think anything of it, you'd fall into you'd literally walk into that prophecy and leave that prophecy before you, you actually have a realization now 
wait, hold, wait, hold on, wait a minute. Someone said this to me. Like, it's like your mind just goes blank, blank to it. And then when you're actually reading out that prophecy, it's like your eyes just open. It's like the same way it says their eyes being enlightened. You just come, you just wake. The way the, way the Bible says that the prodigal son came to himself, you just come to yourself and realize, wait, hold on. This has actually been said to me, would has, has been said to me, has been prophesied to me before. So it shows the power of God and you're like, wow, no, this is actually the power of God to tell me things or tell me something that, that would happen in the future. And wow, literally, I'm living that reality right now. Wow, this is amazing. Just what I'm saying. It's just so amazing. The second thing is prophecies offer comfort and strength to the recipients. Prophecies offer comfort and strength to the recipients. So sometimes prophecy is not just of things that you're not aware of. Sometimes there are things you're aware of, but it's just really far into the future. And this person just comes and says, hey, I believe this and this will happen. That will make this thing that you're doing. And they don't have any idea. They don't have any proud knowledge to it. And then they come and say, hey, this will happen. This will happen. This will happen. And this is so it just gives you comfort in the word. Like, OK, I believe it. You know, you're just praying and it just comes to you and you just see something or you hear something or you can feel it in your spirit. You can hear it in your in the word, in the scripture. That this is going to happen. It gives you that comfort that, yes, you're not alone. It gives you that comfort that, yes, you would. You would find what you're in need of you would find what you want you would understand more of him sometimes it has to do with knowledge of him sometimes it has to do with life generally sometimes it just has to do with pain sometimes it has to do with even joy but it just gives you comfort and you know that yes god is still with me god is with me emmanuel literally and so prophecies give us comfort they help us to look forward to things or you're in a down you know you're, you're going down or you're in a downward spiral and someone still comes and says hey don't worry about what you're going through now because i can see in the next few months in the next few years this will be what will actually be your story or this is going to happen and because you believe in the word of god and there is that peace that comes as you hear that word there's that peace in your spirit because scriptures swell up in your spirit either to worship god or to confirm that which the person has said and then you're like okay because this has come to me i know i can push on i know i can press on i know i can continue to forge ahead i know that what i'm doing is not a waste it's not stupid it's gonna happen eventually and so that's what prophecies come to do in our lives you know an example would be mary and the birth of jesus you know she was able to I believe Mary and the birth of Jesus is a great example because it has been prof prophesied, it has been promised to them. And so when it came to her, yes, she first said, how would this thing be? Because she didn't know how it was going to happen. She knows the promise, but then she didn't know how it was going to happen. So she said, be it unto me according to your word. And then when it happened, she was able to persevere and say, hey, it's all right. Yes, um, according to our law, according to the way of life, you have to mate with your, 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 your husband or with your partner and bring forth a child. But in this situation, you're not laying down with anybody. You are just having, you know, a child like that. So she's able to say, hey, even though religion and culture stands against it, because I know what it is that has been prophesied in the books, I can press on because that is a confirmation of what has been prophesied before. 
and so I will press on. So it's just a an amazing example right now. I believe that's the best example. So in closing this episode, I would like to ask you a question I wrote down here that is really interesting to me. The question is, if the prophecy of the birth and death of Jesus Christ on the cross happened, would his promise of coming back not hold? This is a question to you and I. If his promise or if the prophecies that were said of his coming actually came to fulfillment, would his own personal promise of coming back not happen? And so if the answer to that question is it would happen, what are you doing to prepare for his coming? And if your response is, hey, I want to accept Jesus Christ because if he comes back, I want to be with him. I want to, call, I want to be called up with him. Then it's as simple as just repeating this words after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Accept me into the family of God. Please wash me with your blood. I believe in my heart that you died for me and paid the price for my sins. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and make my heart your home. Thank you, Father, for writing my name in the book of life and for giving me the strength to live as your son, as your son or as your daughter. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I just want to say, hey, congratulations if you said that prayer. And I'll just love to welcome you into the family of God. And if you have said that prayer, please just send me a message on Instagram with this with the phrase saved. And I will do my best to guide you on this new journey, this new family that you have joined because it's an exciting one. There is more to learn than just accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And my name remains T till I see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.